0: Hello and welcome to Theology of Beauty podcast. This is exciting because this episode focuses a lot about movies and films and the movies that I actually watched through the course of the years and what has influenced me um, and how beautiful they are. And by the way, there's a spoiler alert warning here the beginning i i this is my fourth take i think doing this uh episode because i keep on forgetting there's a spoiler alert but i hope that this episode is actually going to be beneficial for you and just you know maybe help you think about what movies you should watch because i really believe these movies Do reflect a little bit of light in them, but I probably uh, talk about a bit more about why I like them (laughs) than the 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 theology behind it. There are movies that are very theologically profound. I think as we go through um through this episode, you'll see how I would be moving from you know my favorite movies to the one that really had an impact in my life. So, yeah. And also, um, if, if I do, um, what's this clear my throat? It's because I had, uh, so I had a flu. What three weeks ago, and I'm still recovering because I, I, my body's just not that strong. <laughs> um, uh, if I have a flu, I usually nurse it for a very long time. And so if you do hear a little bit of clearing the throat, that is me trying to recover from my sickness. Anyway, again, spoiler alert after this. And... Um, And so what I did for this one is I categorized uh, the films that I love in five categories. So one would be famous um, movies. This is the one that I'm sure a lot of people know and have watched. Second one would be the not so famous um, movies. There's just two. And then you have Japanese films. Just two again um and then childhood movies probably one just one or or two i just remembered something <laughs> and um the last one would be the niche movies that really had a huge impact in my life um so yeah the last three would definitely be um anime Uh, so japanese anime it's interesting (laughs) my my last or at least my first or not first but my favorite movies are all in anime um so yeah so we'll start with the famous ones the first one would be spider-man and i love about spider-man was because it was the very first superhero that is CGI generated, and I remember because I grew up, I grew up basically with superheroes. So you had um, a Batman the animated series. Um, you had X Men. That's a very old TV series, but that was amazing. Voltes Five. Um, um, what else, there's another another counterpart for Voltes Five. I forgot, and then and then you have Beast Wars, you had um, Transformers, obviously. So these were the 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 animated series that we would watch. <laughs> I remember also Care Bears. That's an old old one. Um, <laughs> yes, we had Care ba- Bears in in my generation, and and so. Superheroes were a thing for me. And so for Spider-Man to be casted, so he's not animated anymore, but he is CGI generated. And I remember watching it on YouTube, how they made it for me. That sold what that's that, that basically that sold me to really watch this movie. And also Tobey Maguire was, I think, the very the very perfect Let me say that again. Tobey Maguire is the perfect uh, Peter Parker in Spider Man, I think. I think he did really, really well as a Spider Man. Um, Dr. Octavius uh, Green, um, Green Goblin, Um, William Defoe was perfect. Um, People say, I think most people today would say Tom Holland is a perfect Peter Parker, but he's not as dorky as. as, um. Wow! I already <laughs> forgot his name. Um, I keep on remembering the director Sam Raimi because his name was the one I keep on forgetting. But Peter Parker, uh, Toby Maguire, um, he 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 really showed his dorkiness. <clears throat> I think the although I, I can see why they changed. Um. Tom Holland's Peter Parker a bit, just to relate to the modern audiences. Um, because your dorky one was would be the Peter's assistant, right? And maybe Zendaya? Is she Mary Jane? I, or is she, is she Gwen? Can't even remember. Like, anyway. Uh, and oh my gosh, when I saw the three Peter Parkers That was amazing. That was was probably one of my favorite (laughs) Spider-Mans. But the first one was really just memorable to me. That was the movie that made me want to pursue broadcasting and film. Because I really want to be part of that team for creating CGI effects. Um, But alas, God has a different (laughs) plan for me. I didn't pursue that. Thank the Lord, too. Because I know how that industry is just really different right now. So yeah, Spider-Man. And of course in Spider-Man, the very famous line with great power comes great responsibility. I think we often forget that. Even as Catholics, we do have power, especially the power of love and I think Pope John Paul II said this, right? With if if we're going to rephrase it and imagine Pope John Paul II as Uncle Ben, he would say, with great love comes great responsibility. And if if we are called to love every person in God, we are responsible to make sure that, lo- that love is acted out, right? So yeah. That's Spider-Man for me. Um, that's uh, number four. Number three would be Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I mean, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien is Catholic. He's very traditional. And Aragorn is Return of the King. <laughs> very appropriate in our... Uh, Catholic faith, where Jesus Christ is to return here as the king, the r- ruler of all the earth. Um, but more than that, I think I love the importance of understanding oneself. Like Frodo understood. That he is weak and then he cannot carry the ring, and it it was through uh, his his uh, friendship with Sam that helped him commit and finally destroy the ring. And I think that's a very important message for all of us, even. We need to be surrounded by virtuous people. If we really want to pursue a life that is holy, we need to be surrounded by virtuous and holy people. So I, if, you're, if you're still discerning of friendship, I'm not saying that uh, you give up friends that are not holy. <laughs> we, we are to treasure our friendships, regardless of holy or unholy friends. (laughs) Because we're all sinners. Actually, end of the day, we're all sinners. But if we really want to pursue a life of holiness, we have to be prudent enough to surround ourselves with the right people. And I think that that was, was one of the messages in Return of the King, because while Frodo was trying to destroy the ring, the people that surrounded him, that fellowship that he had with them, kept him at least um, protected from any other temptations, I would say, I mean, the orcs are not temptations, but I think virtuous friendships will always protect you from committing evil, or at least from evil itself. And I love that Aragorn was the one who said, for Frodo, in the end, just reflects how there's a Christ-like light in him. Um now that he is king he is willing to die for Frodo as well just for the sake of him finally destroying the ring so that's I think beautiful Return of the King also had CGI one of my favorite ones was the battle scene of course my favorite character there one of my favorite characters is Aowin. just uh I'm like that's me (laughs) I can see myself as her. Um, and then, um, yeah, just just wonderful, wonderful world building. Just Peter Jackson really nailed the whole J.R.R. Tolkien Middle Earth world. Um, and it's funny, I think because uh, uh, Hugo Weaving, which is Elrond, in uh what's this? In Lord of the Rings, is also a, a agent from. Is it? Is he Mister Agent? I can't remember. It's Mister Agent, but he is agent in The Matrix, which is, by the way, one of also one of my favorites. But I wouldn't say very substantial for me. Um, it, it you can argue that Matrix is a little bit about Descartes idea of um, it's a Carthusian, basically a Carthusian idea of the separation of the body and the soul. But that's a whole nother thing. And that idea is actually more integrated to the niche category that I'm going to talk about later. Uh, So it's a little bit close to the ghost and the machine in the machine, which is if you know, you know. (laughs) Anyway, oh, that's Lord of the Rings. Number two would be Star Wars. Friends, come on! How can you not love Star Wars? I rewatched this the other day when I was sick. There were so many Catholic themes in Star Wars that it is impossible that you don't see it. It's possible, impossible. Uh, There was a scene with Luke Skywalker when he was trying to defeat Darth Vader because I think it was his training with Yoda and 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 he was to face his fears and well, obviously he faces um, Darth Vader. Then when he tries to kill that Darth Vader, he sees the the mask. When he took off that mask, it was himself. Now, it can be s- said that because he saw his, his face is because it is his father. But at the same time, there's a big reflection that sometimes what generates our f- fear is mostly ourselves. And it's very internal than external. Now I could go on <laughs> why fear is good and bad at the same time, because uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas would say that fear is a passion. <clears throat> Basically, it's 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 a good feeling, but at the same because uh, because at the same time, if you don't if you're not fearful. Uh, you cannot practice the virtue of courage um but that's that's a whole nother thing. <clears throat> so I really love that that approach about fear and the internal fear that one do experience and there like when I was just looking at it, I was just watching it, even with Anakin. <laughs> The reason why I love stories is because of Anakin Skywalker. Because of his internal struggle. I wanted to be a stoic. I wanted to be <laughs> a Jedi uh, warrior. Simply because one of the codes that they have would be... Being able to control your emotions. Because I'm a woman, women tend to be more emotional than men. And that's why women are... <laughs> are better in handling emotions too than men. Uh, we have a, a higher emotional quotient, I think than men. Um, but um yeah, I, I, I am one of those few women who find it hard to control their emotions sometimes. and that's why I really wanted to become a Jedi Knight. I really want I really, really wanted to. And then when I when, when George Lucas showed this film, I was just taken back and I really fell in love with the character of Anakin Skywalker because he's the example of my inner turmoil about myself. <laughs> Thankfully I didn't go to the dark side. <laughs> but but I think it's very human. It is a very human thing that we struggle with emotions and and mm-hmm. obedience and keeping it control like it it's it's like it's different when we love someone and it's different when we are attached to someone and I think that that's why there's a contrast between Obi-Wan and Anakin is because Anakin Um, was too attached to his emotions. While Obi-Wan was not so much in control, but he also has a way of surrendering of himself so that his emotions can be controlled. Um, But the beautiful thing about Anakin, it's not because of the first, second or third, because he has a redemption story. I love that Luke, it was his son who saw the good in him. He was this ugly person inside and out, (laughs) right? And then he wears a mask. You see how beautiful and theologically right that is? He is in a dark side, but he wears a mask. And as soon as he reformed, As soon as his son believed in him, believed in the good in him, he removes his mask. And he was vulnerable. He was open. And that was just so amazing. Friends, Star Wars is like rich, 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 rich in, in, in theology. And you have to sit that. it. That's why I love watching Star Wars in a marathon uh, every Christmas. It's such a Christmas movie because it's, it was his son. The son came down to save humanity. It was Luke, the son, who saved humanity. Uh, not <laughs> yeah, Luke. Anakin. The example of Anakin is our own humanity, our own weaknesses. And the sun came and saw the good. Isn't that amazing? That's so wonderful. Anyway, so that's Star Wars. (laughs) And my number one is actually Inception by Christopher Nolan. It reminds me actually of the movie that he made earlier, which is Memento. And... The premise, it's, it's kind of, I don't know if it's similar, but it deals with memories, Memento, while uh, Inception deals with dreams and planting seeds so that it becomes kind of like a memory. So Inception um, is the The way Christopher Nolan tr- treated this movie is, um, the not so much for me. It's not so much about the espionage, although actions it was cool. Uh, actually, if you notice, most of the movies that I would, uh, or not, I would like, or the movies that I like involves a lot of uh, suspension of belief or <laughs> like something out of this world that it probably would not. Happen in the present time, but um, me- uh, not Memento, but Inception is like that, and not not even um, uh, it's really about reality versus fantasy. The the one that really struck me the most would be Miles and Cobb's relationship. Cubs wanted to stay in reality because of their children. Mao wanted to stay in fantasy land. And sometimes humans, especially when we are driven with pain, with grief, or for some of us, when we have or when we think that it's better to imagine things and situations to happen in our lives. We'd rather stay in our fantasy world. I think, and it's very telling in the movie, I think most women (laughs) fantasize a lot. Uh, Fantasize about things that would have been or can be, can happen. Um... I'm not saying that men do not fantasize. I think they do. Um, but I think in, in, in different levels. And yeah, this actually speaks to me because in my own fantasy world, God grants everything that I want. <laughs> <laughs> and in reality, which is very sad for the longest time... uh. I really think that God would not answer all of my prayers. Like I can pray for other people and grace will come to them. Um, But for the longest time, I really, really believe that God will not answer all of the things that I would love to have. Um, And I'm not talking about like, because a lot of people think, um, what most mo- what people pray the most are like physical stuff but actually when you think about it people pray a lot about things that that they cannot control and they cannot have so imagine that um it's not just tangible material things um and yeah for, like for the longest time i really 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 believed that god would not answer my prayers. And so I'd rather stay in my fantasy world than that. That movie. Although it wasn't really. Um, it didn't hit me. Until I'm a little bit older. Um, or a little bit mature. Not older. I was quite old when I watched that movie. That was like 2010 I believe. So 10. Oh almost. So 13 years ago. Um yeah um it didn't hit me until I really watched it and then watched it again and then watched it again um but there is hope in that movie as we can you know if 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 you've watched the movie Cubs persisted to 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 stay in reality at the cost of his wife why because the the real reality that he has is his fatherhood it's him being a father to his children because imagine if he uh he he wasn't adam <laughs> when, when he was tempted by mal to commit suicide um, because he he refused to. I think in even in the movie he kept on saying we still have children. What about our kids and stuff like that? And I think Mal was like, we can stay here forever. Um. Yeah, Cobb's realized that. Um, his his children cannot be orphaned, and isn't that? Right. That's kind of a reflection of God. Um, he doesn't want to leave us orphaned. Actually, that's also in the Bible. He doesn't want to leave us orphaned. That's why he sent his advocate, the Holy Spirit, to console us, to re- remind us, and to always let us know that we still have hope. And in, in at times when we don't think there's hope or just like me you're thinking that god doesn't answer your prayers actually this is what i realized he does answer it is me he's just so stupid to to um to understand one of my prayers recently and you know shout out to um my accountability sister um, this is what she told me. She learned this from another person, but she shared this to me, and this had had made a huge impact in my life recently. And this is what she said. Um, you should always pray, Kate, you should always pray about three things. One is to for God to give you clarity. Because God does not confuse people, 100%, right? He gives clear messages, clear answers. And number two, the wisdom to understand it. So, you know, that makes sense because God in his infinite goodness is infinite. (laughs) Um, Back then in the Old Testament, they needed prophets to interpret what God is saying, same thing for us. We have the magisterium to help us interpret the teachings of Jesus Christ and to have a say and finality over it. But in our personal life, he does speak. But we're also receiving something that is an infinite message. The, the distance between us and God is very vast. And so to understand what he's saying, we need something Greater than us as well. And that is wisdom. And that is obviously the Holy Spirit too. So ask for the wisdom to understand it. And lastly, the courage to do something about it. You know, when you receive clarity, you gain the wisdom. Now you'll have the courage to do something about it. I think I, you know, I wrote this last night in my journal that once you you really actually receive the wisdom the courage will follow the confidence to do it will will follow but it it is also immersed in prayer um and so go go <laughs> I think I went off tangent anyway um yeah inception that's it's one of the most beautiful things you know and it reminds me of How much God is just willing to sacrifice so that he doesn't leave us orphaned. He wants us. He desires us. And I'm not saying Cobbs is like the perfect, (laughs) uh, the perfect father or God figure. I don't think any father is a perfect example. of god the father but they reflect something beautiful and that was reflected in inception especially in Cobb's and his relationship with his children oh yeah all right so those are my famous favorite movies the next category would be the not so famous (laughs) movies i'm not sure if um they actually gained a lot of i don't know if they are a box office hits too mostly i think they have a cult following especially this this the first one so the second top non-famous movies would be the arrival i'm i'm sure that not a lot of people know the arrival Interestingly enough, The Arrival is actually directed by a Canadian director called, or <laughs> okay, let me say that again. <laughs> the Arrival was uh, directed by Dennis Villeneuve. It sounded Spanish when I, oh, and I saw his um last name in Wikipedia. I thought he was Spanish, but actually he's Canadian. He is Canadian and the arrival is actually something very special to my heart because finally we have aliens that are not um they're not portrayed as bad aliens. Uh, I'm not sure if (laughs) there are aliens and if they do exist and they have higher intelligence than us, I wouldn't think that they would want to take over the, the the earth. I think they would help us. I think they would be... Oops. <laughs> That's my ruler, by the way. I think they would be sympathetic to us. <laughs> uh, because of how far behind we are in our technology. I think games have a better portrayal of aliens than than most of the movies that we have. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, would be a proper um, approach of aliens. Anyway... Um, <laughs> uh, And Transformers. <laughs> anyway. um, So Amy Adams is a character, Louis Banks. She's a linguist. And because she's a linguist, she is the only one who was called to... Because I think... So basically the story, uh, this pod arrives on Earth, hence the arrival. And then they are trying so the military is trying to create communication or trying to establish i'd say uh communication with the pods this alien so and then it's funny enough uh, there's a reason why i'm sharing this so um uh what's this humans were transported to the ship and then in the ship, there's just this one big wall of fog. And so alien, you can't see the aliens per se. But what you can see are uh, these symbols that they show on that big screen. So military tries to establish a connection or a communication with them to know the reason why these aliens are here. So what happens? Military can understand them because it's just all symbols. And the symbols, if you really watch the movie, the symbols look kind of like exactly each other. And it took Amy Adams' character, Louis Banks, to interpret it. Now, why am I sharing this? Why is it like one of my favorite movies in the non-famous category? But actually, this like... If I really um, arrange it accordingly, this is part par- probably one of my top five movies. The reason being is because it reminds me of the Bible. The Bible is a mystery to us. So imagine aliens have a higher intelligence than us. So there's this already that distance. I would even dare say the epistemological distance between us and the aliens, right? They're, they have a greater greater knowledge of the vast universe than we as human beings. It reminds me of the Bible. The Bible is an inspired, not inspired, but it's written by human beings, but inspired by the, the divine author through the Holy Spirit, right? And some of the texts, it's really hard to understand. And that is why you don't need <laughs> a, a, a regular person to interpret what is being said in the Bible. One, one cannot just grab the pot. So imagine, we cannot just pick a random person on the street and then bring them to the pod of the alien ship and then tell them, can you understand Obviously not. It takes someone who's an expert in language, like Lewis's Lewis Lewis, because <laughs> Amy Adams Lewis's <laughs> Lewis Banks, who's a linguist who studied um, all of the languages and symbols that is existing on Earth. So he has she has a process of understanding language. She doesn't understand the aliens. There's a shroud of mystery behind it. And yet, she is able to interpret it simply because of her expertise. It is, in a way, we can parallel that to the magisterium, the Catholic Church. And that's why I love it, because the Bible in and of itself is a mystery, but it's also the living word of God. It Always speaks about something, especially in our lives. I'm not saying the Bible cannot be read um by individual people, but there's also a way of understanding difficult texts, and the 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 only way we can interpret it is the one who actually was blessed by God to help us understand it. Right? So sorry I sounded a little bit preachy there, but th- that's, that's a beauty thing, a beautiful thing for me about the arrival. Just 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 so beautiful. <laughs> so nice to just see it and, and just connect it with with our church. So so if you love um, the Bible go ahead and watch it it's really beautiful i really really love it um yeah actually now that i noticed i think most of the characters or at least the main characters of my, my favorite movies are women that is so surprising yeah you'll you'll hear more <laughs> yeah you'll see that most of the characters uh probably 50 70% are female Main characters, anyway, that speaks to me. Why? Because my number one, not so famous movie is The Aliens. Now, if you search on YouTube, there's this like cool timeline of the aliens and how aliens came to be. I love their their prequel. The, so the 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 early movies that were created. The first alien movies were, I think, directed by James Cameron. I'm not so sure about the succeeding ones. And then the prequel was done by Ridley Scott. Um, and It's just like a whole story behind how aliens came about. I didn't like Aliens 3... Because it's just so stupid. They try tried to bring Ripley back and stuff like that. But Ripley, in the first and second movies, just shows a feminine genius. Sh- like, people don't understand this. Especially in action. There's a way women address conflict. And, and there's a different way men address conflict conflict and it's not the same not the same at all and that's why I love I love aliens because you can clearly see that um Ripley she's not trying to be macho she's not trying to be a man she is addressing she's strong she's powerful and she's smart she she's her instinctual um skill shows, right? And her intuition. Amazing, right? Um, and she's badass. <laughs> like you don't need to be a man to be a badass. Like you can be uh, We we often forget this as women, you know, in Genesis, um In Genesis, when 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 the creation story is being told and then the mention of helper and God will send him a helper or like that or how Eve was described as helper. You know what that means? Helper in Hebrew, it's Ezer Kenegdo. Ezer Kenegdo. What does that mean? It means Warrior. Warrior helper, I think. That's the direct translation of it. So we as women, we are not submersive on men. In fact, we are warrior women. We have strength. But in our own way, in our own beautiful way of being a woman. And I saw that in the very slightest way, again, it just reveals a little bit about the light of God's plan for man in aliens, right? It's so funny. <laughs> it really is so funny. Um, and even even the a lot of Christian women, especially Christian, I'm not just talking about Catholic women, like Christian women <laughs> who love Proverbs 31, right? I have a coat made by my friend in my room plastered beside my altar, or actually it isn't on my altar here in my room and it, it, when you read uh the the commentaries, so I am using n s a b uh for my bible i should <laughs> so Canadians use or we in here in Canada use NRSV I think our NRSV is closer to the original text than NASB but I use N-N-A-S-B, Um simply because I bought the Bible from a I think this is from Everyday Sunday oh no sorry blessed is she <sighs> Okay, I bought the Bible from Blessed is she so and they because uh, not Canada US uses uh NASB so I have NASB and I write my own commentaries on the side they have notes on the side of the Bible and so I do that I write some of my thoughts on the side anyway going back to <laughs> to Proverbs 31 what a uh, Christian uh what a good wife is I think that's a title the commentary there is that because it's a poem the poem is about a warrior or at least the way it is structured it's like an ode to a warrior so what a good Christian wife is this is her character and it's an ode to a warrior women who are listening right now, I'm so passionate about this because we often, especially us as women, we often think that our strength lies on our sexuality, lies in our manipulation, lies in um, our beauty. Those are powerful and beautiful things, especially our beauty. I'm not saying, oh, wait. Uh, yeah, our sexuality is actually very powerful. We don't actually understand <laughs> how how one touch can can make a man weak. Um, so I really, really think that we as women we forget forget our own strength. And sometimes we use those strengths that is God given to manipulate and control our world. Or at least we use it because we're so wounded. We're so wounded deep inside our hearts. I understand your pain, friends. My fellow feminine geniuses out there. I understand that you want to be seen, known, and love. But watch Aliens. <laughs> watch Aliens to remind you of your own strength. You know by the way the first and second one not the third one not the prequels just first and second because the rest of it sucks (laughs) um but yeah like especially rip ripley (laughs) especially ripley on the second one and how she took care i think the second one she took care of the lost child there that was very powerful. Her motherhood, her spiritual motherhood shows so much. And how she desires to protect this one little child. I think that was... You know, by the way, James Cameron is an atheist. He created a documentary that tries to argue that Jesus does not did not exist at all. Which, by the way, is... Um, Attacked by different Bible scholars and architects because, regardless if Jesus Christ, so so regardless if Jesus, who he sa- says who he says he is, which is he is God. Regardless of that, if if you if you're not a, a non-believer, Jesus Christ re- really walked. There are greater evidence. In our world today, especially with our technology that showcases that Jesus Christ indeed walked. So James Cameron, who is an atheist, who hates or at least thinks that Christianity is against science, created a movie with feminine genius. He doesn't know it. And that's the beautiful thing about it, (laughs) friends. Like God can use even a non-believer to deliver his message across. Why? Because he wants us. He wants us. He loves us. He wants us. So watch aliens, my friends, especially my beloved women out there. We all have strengths and we just need to use it for good because we're all beautiful and wonderful. And I, Really, I understand that you desire to be seen, known, and loved. And you are. We all are. Even me. Okay. (laughs) It's almost over an hour. Oh, no. I'm at my 47-minute track. So that is my not-so-famous movies. The next one would be uh, Japanese fi- films. Now, I'll probably wrap it a little bit. Um, I'm sharing this to you because I think it's wonderful to watch it. Just because of their art form. Um, Akira Kurosawa, if you don't know. So he's one of my favorite directors. Did a lot of films in black and white. And then now he shifted to color. And there's this, I think this is his first color movie, colored movie. It's called Kagemusha. So Kagemusha, the story is basically um, that Takeda clan lost their, I think their imperial lord. That's what they said. So I think Kagemusha, uh, the direct translation of Kagemusha is impor- imposter or impersonator so the, the the takeda clan um which is takeda shingen the their damio, which is i think i think it's it means um uh warlord or something lord uh lowercase l by the way yeah. <laughs> and uh, sorry the the image of the first shot just flooded through my thoughts and memory and just ah so beautiful the dialogues between um uh, Shingen and his brother and then this thief which by the way were portrayed by just one person in that one shot where CGI wasn't a thing yet amazing (laughs) <laughs> and then um, I think Shingen dies and then the the thief that they have found who resembles a lot, uh, Shingen, they basically put him as Shingen, Takeda. And this was actually, I think this was historical. I can't even remember. If you know Three Kingdoms in China this is kind of similar with the Oda clan and Nobunaga clan and stuff like that um anyway just basically just a cinematic masterpiece uh I mean not just cinematic masterpiece but the cinematography was really really good um and how color changes everything and how akira kurosawa just appreciated colors it was just so beautiful the way he he treated color was just so beautiful and i think i think if we as human beings appreciate the color that god gives in our lives we would be more appreciative just like akira kurosawa that's my try to jab and put theology there <laughs> but yeah like it's 180 minutes friends it's almost it's more than three wait two yeah it is three hours it's a three hour long film but it's just so wonderful and i think it's also a three hour film because of how how long the the war is because because akira wanted to I th- or not wanted to but he filmed the 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 whole battle uh, of nine, uh, 1571 to 1575 so that battle in 1971 to 1975 so that's four years of story t- four years smashed into 3R movie <laughs> so so yeah Kira Kurosawa uh, I also put that because I really love Akira Kurosawa. He is one of the people that I think is a great storyteller. He created Seven Samurai. Re- Yojimbo is actually, if if people watch Yojimbo, I think we we can extract a little bit of theology there, in fact. Okay, and then next would be um I don't know if it's really popular in Japanese or in Japanese films. I know it's quite popular uh in or I mean here in uh in the western part of the world. Uh, but if you are familiar with Battle Royale, which is the uh j- quote unquote Japanese version of um what's that? Hunger Games, you would know about Beat Takeshi. Beat Takeshi's actually been a, he's he's very famous with the Takeshi Takeshi Castle. And that was actually my childhood with my cousins. We would always watch it. But the the Filipino version of it, it's really funny. You should check it out on YouTube. Very very funny. But Beat Takeshi is such a versatile actor, I believe. And he's also very good at storytelling. So one of the few things that I love about Japanese films would be the art form of storytelling. And for here one, for this one, the 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 movie is called Zatoichi, which is um, in a way the tra- the tra- translation would be the blind swordsman. I think there was a prior uh, Zatoichi. In in it it was a TV show, black and white. I'm not even sure if it was if it was Akira Kurosawa who made it, but yeah, Bita Keshi re, re, kind of remade this, or kind of like the the he made it a little bit modern, uh, in such a way that so there's a comparison, just like Akira Kurosawa, you have the black and white Zatoichi, and now you have the um, Zeto Ichi, which is very colorful. And it has dance numbers. It's not really musical, but it has dance numbers and stuff like that. Very beautiful um, movie. Maybe a little bit in par with Kill Bill. um, Because the theme revolves around revenge too. So the theme revolves around revenge. Each person involved in the story somehow wants kind of a revenge over the yakuza so you have the yakuza and then you have this um ronin which is the is he's a samurai but he doesn't have any affiliation or so i don't know affiliation is the right word for it but basically He's he's he doesn't have any master or lord, so you're called Ronin, and this Ronin has a family in it and and I I think he has a newborn child too, or his uh his wife is pregnant. But the problem is with this Ronin because he lost a lord, he allowed himself to be a hired swordsman for the yakuza, and here he here comes uh, Zatoichi. Who is "quote unquote" blind? He's actually not blind. Spoiler, <laughs> and he's also a Ronin. He doesn't have a master, but he's so good at uh, using his sword. But he chooses the proper path, quote unquote, um, because he doesn't allow himself to be used by the yakuza. But instead, he helps people. I think there was a there was a scene where he he also was helping the this old single woman and it was really really nice and then there's there's a funny scene also there where uh the the nephew of the old lady was teaching people uh teaching three guys to become samurais to or how to use the sword basically and it's uh, like you can see the contrast because I think the para, the parallel between Zatoichi and this Ronin, I think his name is Hattori um and how how their decisions affects their their lives. Like there are consequences in, in their um, in their decisions. Funny enough, because when you look at it, the right path, which is in a way, Zatoichi, he doesn't allow himself to be succumbed by evil and stuff like that. Uh, evil as a symbolism with the Yakuza. But he is always being chased after the, the Yakuza gang. And he's always uh, in combat with all of these people. He's trying to protect himself, trying to protect the people that he cared for. He's trying to protect uh, the two of the orphans. Like he's always suffering, quote unquote. In comparison with the Ronin, he's just, he just goes there and then when he's told to do, to kill people, that's it. And then he has some kind of protection too. Because he's part of the yakuza now. Well, he's a bodyguard of the yakuza, and so the yakuza understands that he people like don't touch this guy because he's our bodyguard, right? And he gets a lot of money. He can help his um, he he's helping his wife. But what is the ending? The ending is again spoiler: Zatoichi kills H- Hatori in the end. And what happens now? The the his wife is now uh, husbandless, and he, she has to raise the child now on her own. Um. Although there's there's redemption in there, obviously, if if the wife so choose to, but in that kind of scenario, that kind of scene, a very compelling scene, you would see that. Ichi becomes a better swordsman than the Ronin, than Hatori. Hattori just slashes his stuff and stuff like that. But in the end, Hattori, uh, not Hattori, sorry, Zatoichi becomes victorious. Because he chose the better path. He became the better man. Although, like in the Catholic context, you shouldn't be killing someone. <laughs> Like They shouldn't be killing the Ronin, right? But the the contrast is there and it's just so, for me, that was really beautiful. I also love, love, love the orphan, the story of the orphan and how they try to overcome uh, revenge and how innocent, innocent, innocent they are. And then they they come into this world just in in despair and how Zatoichi helped them redeem themselves and find a better life so if you ever want to watch satoshi i think it's available streaming online uh, i believe prime has it and it's a beautiful I, honestly it's it's really it's it's not for the faint of heart especially it's very bloody also funny thing the blood splatter theirs are all cgi generated you would see it it's funny i personally don't like that i would rather have blood spatters S- since i i i worked before behind the scenes with blood sp- splatters before it's very interesting how blood sp- splatters dictate some of uh, the when you use a sword or when you use a knife or when you use a gun, like you have to be very precise because you don't want your blood spatter to look like oh, you know this this thing was he, is was killed with a gun, but it looks like there was a, a fight over something like that. Uh, I when I said I worked with blood, it's because I studied broadcasting and film. I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning, but I started broadcasting in film. And then there, there are things when you when you watch production, there are things that you have to take note of. Anyway, so that's Zatoichi. Next category would be my childhood films or the, the films that I watched in childhood that really made an impact on me. Um, notable... Mentions would be Jackie Chan's films simply because my dad loves Jackie Chan, and that's when me and my cousin started to love comedy, like sketches and stuff like that. And then Land Before Time, released in 1988, (laughs) beautiful movie, I love it. But my number one, easy, easily, just number one, I have so many lovely childhood films but the one that really made an impact with me. And up until this day, it is uh, my number, one of my number one favorite movies would be Beauty and the Beast. Uh, It was GK Chesterton who said this. He said, there is a great lesson of Beauty and the Beast that a thing must be loved before it is lovable. And, you know, personally speaking, I don't consider myself as Belle consider myself as beast because i understand that i'm not a perfect human being and i have some beastly qualities in me and and as cheeky chesterton said regardless if it's a romantic one or not um it's very profound that a thing must be loved before it is lovable and that has been my kind of philosophy in life that when i look at people people i encounter i'm not saying that i'm perfect that every encounter i put love first but that has been my philosophy that has been my mantra ever since i received (laughs) my first Rejection. And it is not like a romantic rejection. It's from rejection from friends. I was um, bullied back then in in elementary in high school. I remember um, just clinging on to my dad when I was in grade three I, because I moved to a different school. And there was this three grade six not is, are they grade six? I can't even remember. They're they're definitely um level uh, levels higher than my me. I remember clinging to my dad because I I wasn't wearing a uniform. I was I was uh, in a private school, a Catholic private school, and I wasn't wearing my uniform. And there's this just three older older <laughs> like higher level girls who confronted me and was just laughing at me it's like look at this girl like what could she wear look at her how she clings to her dad and I'm like oh my gosh I I can see it like oh my gosh I can see it right now and and ever since then I promised myself that nobody should feel the way I felt And that's why I really consider myself a beast because it's ever since I was a kid, I, people didn't really, (laughs) I was a crazy, crazy woman. I was a crazy girl. I was this, this, uh, girl who has so much adventurous spirit in her, like very adventurous. And there are days when I just go on on an adventure on my own. Like I would I would, con- I would have this big imagination of what the school is, like a jungle and stuff like that. Like there are days when it becomes a castle and stuff like that. I, I think looking back at it, it's because the subjects that we have bores me. <laughs> Honestly, like math bores me. Uh, science bores me. My favorite one, to be quite honest, in in elementary is anything that sparks inspiration and imagination in me and so stories like reading um plays um i would do oh i would enter oration declamation and i would win (laughs) it's because i become the character and it 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 really helps my imagination. I have a very ga- grandiose view of the world actually right now it's not that much uh there have been maturity <laughs> and also um a lot of just glass shattering <laughs> <laughs> um uh event in my life uh that's why I love. The story, Alice in Wonderland, that is one of my favorite stories. Um, But yeah, like. Just just there's a very I I love grand, out of this world, (laughs) cosmic idea of the world ever since I was a kid. Um, And I have big dreams. I do. I still do. Up until this day. Um very idealistic too, I think. <laughs> and so because of my crazy people didn't didn't get that when I was in elementary. And I think people don't get that even today. Like how my brain works. <laughs> like even for myself, I don't sometimes don't get my how my brain works. But um, I really promised myself and the Lord. I, I was so blessed that I had a personal relationship with God ever since I was a kid uh, because I, I remember going during our family prayer time I would just really tell God that I don't want people to feel like they're a beast when I'm around them. I want to be a bell for them. I want to love them before they are loved. And so that has been really my philosophy in life. Uh, again, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying for those who are listening who knows me, you probably saying, are you sure that you love me? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I can tell you that 100%. But yeah, I, I, I really don't want people to feel like they are not lovable. Uh, because I, I've been there and yeah, I don't, I really know. I, uh, people think that I'm, I'm antisocial. It's it's, 95% is because I don't want to be inauthentic. And that's why I tend to like seclude myself. But, But like, I, I, I can be the salesperson, I can pitch ideas, I can promote, I know how to market, but I also know that I don't want to be inauthentic to the people. If I'm going to sell something, it has to be something Jesus-like, <laughs> right? So yeah, I'm just here to, I re- I always tell this to myself that I'm just a poor girl uh, who yearns for bread and tells people where to find bread? Yeah, that's that's who I am. Um, but yeah, Beauty and the Beast changed my life. Uh, to to yearn for and long for uh, it's it's such a human human movie because we all desire to be seen, known, and loved. And that's me too. I desire to be seen, known, and loved too. And I know each and every one of us <laughs> yearns for that. And there is someone who sees us, who knows us, and who loves us, who is a bell incarnate, and that is Jesus. You know, I, I, I really love the, that idea of God just seeing me for who i am despite my (laughs) ugly uh ugly stature you know sin makes me ugly too but he sees beyond my sin and so yeah that's beauty and the beast for me and uh last but not the least my like this these are the niche I would say the niche films that I would watch over and 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 over again. People, I would assume, probably just point nine percent of people listening knows these films. I'm not saying that nobody knows this film, the films that I'm going to mention, but I know like a few a few people would recognize these films so the number three movie that i really really like that is very niche is paprika i love paprika because it's satoshi Kon. if you don't know um perfect blue uh tokyo godfathers beautiful stories Uh, there's another one about this old actress who went back in time and relived her films that was beautiful but my one of my favorite ones besides paprika is perfect blue it's it's a it's kind of like a commentary about k-pop and j-pop idols and how it is in from the perspective of the idol and so that's very interesting but Paprika is my favorite because it's a more recent movie of Satoshi Kon. And also Paprika is just it's if you if you've noticed all of my the movies that I loved and watched, they, they involve a lot of technology, especially this last three, and how technology is being used. And most of the time they're being used for malice. So for example, Paprika, they they somehow created this um, uh, device called DC Mini where you can share dreams and you can actually... So it's kind of similar like uh, with the Inception, but this time it's more for psychological purposes, not really for <laughs> planting and taking... Uh, secret and paprika dives into people's desires just, that's it and being an authentic self and there was it's just the the last bit of of the movie is really powerful and how because you have the you have the president of the psych the the psychological psychological s- psychology department in the hospital um, and and research and how he because this the the president is um he's he's stuck on the wheelchair and what he wants to do is to walk again. Good intentions, right? But he uses the technology of the DC DC Mini because there is a point where reality and dreams are kind of clashing and somehow the dreams are somehow um, coming into life in the real world. And so... The the president now wants to happen that for himself. And he is disregarding the fact that it has consequences in real life. To the point that because his desire was so, so great that eventually um, he wanted to take over the world. This is uh, the very clear cut idea of will to power by Nietzsche. Uh, but in a very bad way (laughs) way. and uh, paprika is there to kind of stop that beautiful beautiful should check it out paprika and so the theological aspect of this is you know you might have good intentions but if, if those intentions can be really really bad if the desire is not aligned with god's will man um we know this. This is very evident in our world t- today. I bet all of the people who are fighting have good intentions. Whether, regardless of which side you're in, everybody has good intentions. The way they think about good or what they perceive is good. right? For example, I might have a child and then I have good intentions with my child. But if my intentions to protect my child, which is good, prevent him to flourish and becoming who he is meant to be, right? Or he, how he's made of. And there's a struggle there. There's a tension there, my friends. So, yeah, Paprika. Uh, it's It's a good movie to watch very fun movie to watch because of how crazy the world is um, if you want to understand how my brain works watch paprika that's how all of this these characters <laughs> in my head anyway number two oh, ah I love this my favorite favorite animated film and I know a lot of people would say this too there's a cult following for this one it's Akira by katsuhiro otomo and basically this so let me just geek out <laughs> on this because if you watch an A- anastasia by i think 20th century animation uh, 20th century fox animation or fox animation by that time i don't know if they still exist anyway uh anastasia when you look at it, it's very precise, right? How they they animated. When you 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 watch Anastasia, at the be- beginning of the film, you would see that she blinks her eyes like really precise. Akira does it, but ten times, hundred times better. Just so good. Um, uh, Otomo just just really went out. I think this is one of the biggest budgeted um anime films of all time, if not for the number one that I'm going to mention. <laughs> but this one, it is so amazing. And even I usually don't like English dubs, but I would recommend to watch it this in English dub. I watched it in Country Country Roll the other day. So good, so good, so good. And maybe just to to give you an idea of what Akira, Akira is also another uh the cyberpunk dystopian world it's so it's so interesting i didn't put any cyberpunk movies in here except for yeah for the last two that i'm mentioning um yeah i never i like blade runner even the old one i haven't watched a new blade runner i should watch that <laughs> but yeah i liked i like fifth element yeah anyway cyberpunks Uh, and this is uh, is like uh, this the the world building here is so beautiful because you have degenerates but they're degenerates because they're orphans and the system in this world is just so crazy and akira akira is not actually the name of the main characters but you know the it's about two best friends who grew up and the other one felt that he's not being recognized. And so now that he possesses this immense power, he was like, I'm going to use it, but not for good, but for myself. And it's just very reflective of selfish, like Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. And this this I won't mention the names because I really encourage you to watch this. It's really beautiful. But th- this other guy, because his desires was to be really seen, known, and loved, that it, now that he possesses this immense power, he uses uses it for his selfish desires. And then here comes Akira to save them all, and Akira, in Japanese, when it's translated, is light. So take it as you will. <laughs> so it's really a good, good movie. I suggest you watch it. It's I think it's two hours, but you would if you really love animation and you love anime, you would love this. This is so beautiful. You if well, I get it's a little bit darker than your regular animation but i think most of our animations today are quite dark anyway it's not one piece 100 percent. it's not like let's go on an adventure this is like oh the, the world sucks <laughs> and everything sucks <laughs> but what are we going to do it's akira there's, that, that there's light there's hope there's hope in all of these messiness and chaos in this world okay so that's akira And last but not the least, my favorite of all time, this is my number, number one movie. I love this. This changed my life forever. (laughs) And it propelled me into really thinking about um, my own existence. And it's called Ghost in a Shell. Not the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in a Shell that really was so bad. I don't get it. Why these people insist of recreating a very wonderful movie but not sticking to the theme? Like, come on. <sighs> anyway, it's basically AI versus <laughs> versus uh, human beings. But most of the b- people, it's kind of like cyberpunk the game. Um, and Ghost in the Shell is basically you have Humans using technology to enhance their life. Another game that is familiar. Oh, I forgot. There was another game that is very similar, but Western-made one. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Cyberpunk wasn't Western-made. It was made in a CD project, which is Polish. Um. Anyway, that's me again geeking out. Uh, It goes in a shell is basically this idea where um, the soul can... So just say, for example, because the main character here, Major Motoko, she died, I think, as a child, and now she w- she is moved into a new body, but an android body. So uh, somehow in this world, they're able to to contain... Or at least extract the soul, and remember, uh, in the because f- Mamoru Mamoru Oshii, which is the the creator of Ghost in a Shell, it's very interesting. He wrote the manga and he made the film. Very interesting. Uh, Ghost in a Shell, or at least the i, or at least the idea of extracting soul and put it in a body, the way Mamoru thinks about the soul is not the way us Catholics think about the soul. So in a way, it's closely related to the, I don't know if it's Cartesian, but the idea that the soul, oh no, no, no. Like I this is platonic, I believe. Yeah, platonic, platonic. That that the soul and the mind are the same. So the, the intellect, powers or the yeah intellective uh, understanding those powers are, rests on the soul okay um, which is the mind as well as we would um, say it right now. So f- so for, for for Mamoru I would assume is that when you instruct a soul you instruct basically the intellect, the will, of the person and put it in a shell. That's why you can sit. You call it ghost in a shell. <clears throat> but his um, his inspiration came actually from uh, Albert Colster, who, who was a I believe he was a Jew. He's a philosopher back in the uh, the the World War Two and he was just, just explaining the idea that we are all ghosts in a machine and that our souls and our bodies are in a way separated from each other and stuff like that. So that's his inspiration and he explored that and there was this very beautiful scene. It was very short. It was with Motoko and Bato. Bato is one of Major's... um partners i would say in so she's she's a detective in the division special units division um of in japan and like just really the question of do i actually exist i possess a mind but i don't possess a body ah Oh, so <laughs> beautiful oh my gosh I could talk for days about this one I, it's just like I could piece by piece love that film and I could dissect that film and it's just how beautiful and how Oh, she's mind just works. It's just so beautiful. I'll, the 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 one that i mentioned mentioning is the 1995 one. But I do love um, Ghost in a Shell 2.0. But that is like more explicit because in 2.0 uh, Ghost in a Shell, um, yeah, yeah, like there are so many Christian themes in Ghost in a Shell. Like it, in a way, very explicit. And in, in 2.0, uh, it's really the fight between human uh, AI taking over humans' minds and stuff like that. And how AIs, we AIs are no different than you. We have this, we have that. But, you know, there's this tension, this pushback that no, you're not. That to be a human is to be like this. And just the the, the the desire to protect that humanness. I don't know. I think that's just beautiful. And that's, the, I mean, friends, that's what we're happening. That's what's happening right now. We are trying to at least not only understand, but to uh, rediscover what it really means to be human and that's why ghost in a shell is something that i really really love anthropology is one of my favorite topics um and one of my uh, one area of philosophy that i really love to dive into that and i am actually trying to dive into is personalism so you have Dietrich von Hildebrand and Pope John Paul II um there is some Pope Benedict there, but mostly Pope John Paul II. Uh, Schillerbeck, I believe. No, it's not Schillerbeck. Um, forgot the other guy. He's not Catholic. He's not either Christian either. Uh, Roger, Sir Roger Scruton, I think, is a little bit personalist. Um, yeah, because he talks about beauty and not the aesthetic beauty, but the true beauty and the beautiful things um, but yeah uh, ghost in a shell you should check it out 1995 film um, and then the 2.0 is 2003 I believe it was released and then ghost in a shell <clears throat> the ghost in the shell well there's ghost in a shell in Netflix it's more it's more connected to the action part of it. And the 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 difference between AIs and humans and stuff like that. The film explores more about the existence, um, soul, uh, difference of what it means to be human, because it was really made by Mamoru Oshii, and I think in a way that is his thesis statement of 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 his own exploration. Of what it means to be human. Maybe just briefly. I'd just like to mention. Maybe I, I know this sucks. That I end with this one. And I'm past the. One hour and 30 mark. That's fine. I hope you're staying still with me. But I just really want to talk about this. New way of. Uh, pornography. And they call it. Deep fake AI porn. Where basically you know you have this f- uh porn film and then you put a picture of someone and then what the ai would do is swap the face and put it into that um to to that person's face and basically the person that is performing is the one that you basically put the picture that you put on And it's sad. Friends, I hate porn with passion. (laughs) I hate it. Um, It's pure evil, if I would say it honestly, because it is not beneficial. It doesn't add value to the dignity and worth of both people, the one who's participating in it In all aspects, whether it's in production or just the one who is performing it and the other one who is just consuming it. It's sad. We live in a reality where we can swap faces and use other people's faces so that we can gain pleasure. How sad is that? And I'm sharing this because... Right now, we as people have to be aware of what we consume in films. And we have to also be aware of the films that we love and we treasure. I, I'm saying this with someone who loves films. I love watching films. I'm not the best one to break them down with cinematography and choreography and all that. Like, I'm not that person. The, the way I look at films, my, my the lenses that I watch it from is from a Catholic lens, from a theological lens. And that's why when you when you when you hear me talk about it, it's mostly about what is the theological theme behind it? Is there anything else? And I believe all films possesses that kind of light. That is why it is beautiful. Porn. However, friends, is not a hundred percent. In and of itself, it is not beautiful. You might say the girl's beautiful, the guy's beautiful. <sighs> like <laughs> it's not. And we live in a world where consent in using our faces <laughs> we're in that world right now, right? And so let this be an encouragement that it's not too late. It's not too late to give up porn. There are so many beautiful films out there that you can consume that you can see light with. You know, this is the you don't need porn. It's very evil. I know that sounds so like it's not easy if you if you've been addicted regardless if it's porn or anything else it's not easy to say okay just go cold feet i know that i understand that but i hope this would come across to you and just letting you know that there are beautiful films out there ones that you can explore with that would help you become a better person I will probably dive into more about that deep fake AI thingy majiggy. Yeah. Um, and there is actually a book that I'm trying to read. It's it's not in my priority list because of the things that I'm being asked to write lately. But uh, there's a book called um, Invol- Involuntary Consent. It's a book by Akiko Takeyama. She's actually a feminist in Japan. She's very much an advocate of a lot of things that I would not agree on. But (laughs) the book really tells how the uh, adult video world is just really bad. He She tries to be nuanced about it. She tries to be not too biased. But I think the main... Uh, pr- not the main approach, but her main point is there are things in the industry, in po- the porn industry, that people are not aware of. It's very sketchy. Especially, like, if you can imagine, she was saying here that in Japan, there are, like, laws against this. But you no, know, the way porn is being considered, it's considered a free speech. It's a free expression of self. Yes, friends. It's a free expression of self. I'm like, really? Because you know your you your sexuality, your sexuality um should be expressed. And it's just so bad. But she, she agrees. I would agree with her that it's not all about that sex is not all about that so yeah i just want to mention that that i hope that this episode will actually help you see that the film industry as much as we say that it's full of bad stuff and it is like especially right now like i can personally say there are far few far in between good films that I would really, really recommend to people. But I also believe that each film has an Akira in them. There's a light in them. And anything that is with light is God. So watch on, my friends. Um, And I hope you actually enjoy this episode. I know, again, I am over the time. But I actually enjoy this <laughs> I really actually enjoy this because in a way it's a selfish part of myself. It's just expressing all of these because I feel like sometimes people don't get <laughs> my geekiness and nerdiness about some of the films that I really, really love. Um, and so, yeah, that's one part. But also the second part is just to share you that there are films that are worth watching. So maybe let's close this with a prayer in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for the gift of your creativity. We know that when we watch films and movies or anything, we know that they share these creative powers with you. And we know that these films possess light in them, and that is beautiful because all of these reflect back to how good and beautiful you are. Lord, we pray for the whole industry. We also pray for ourselves that we may have the lenses to see you in everything that we watch. May we also be or May we also have a pure of heart to reject anything that would hinder us from possessing this light that you have given. And as we go on with our lives, and go on to make choices in the things that we consume, may we be prudent and courageous enough to say no to the things that would not add value to us, that would not make us saints, and a courage to say yes to th- those things, to those films that will make us holy. All of this we ask in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you, the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed Mother, please help us to have the eyes that you have and the heart that you have. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now in the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, friends. I hope to see you and encounter you again on the next episode. God bless.